0: Seamus, The Case of the Mason Jar, Episode 9, an interview with Pixie, based on the book by John McDonald A Bullet for Cinderella.
1: I called her at noon and she answered on the 10th ring just as I was about to give up. Who is it? Hunter James. Who? Oh. I spoke to you last night at the Aztec about Floyd Vincent. You said to phone. I could hear the soft yowl of her complete yawn.
2: Oh, sure. You go have some coffee or something and then stop around here. I live at a place called the Glendon Arms. Give me about 40 minutes to wake up.
1: I wasted a half an hour over coffee and a newspaper and then found the Glendon Arms without difficulty. It was as pretentious as its name, with striped canopy and solid glass doors, Mosaic tile lobby floor and a desk clerk with a dreary sneer. He phoned and told me I could go right up to Miss Minette's apartment. Third floor, 3A. The hallway was wide. I pushed the button beside her door. She opened the door and smiled as she let me in. She wore a white, angora sleeveless blouse, slacks of corduroy, and a green plaid. I had expected her to be puffy, blurred by dissipation, full of morning slurriness. But she looked fresh, golden, shining, and clean. The great mop of black hair was pulled sleekly back and fastened into an intricate rosette.
2: Hi, Hunter James. Can you stand more coffee? Come
1: along. There was a small breakfast terrace with sliding doors that opened onto it from the bedroom and the kitchen. The sun was warm on the terrace. We had coffee and rolls and butter on a glass-topped table.
2: Last night was a waste. He was a friend of a friend. I think he was one of those stolen Valor guys, not a real hero. Anyway, after drink number ten, he got boring. How did you track me down, Hunter James? Through your sister. Good Lord. Gwen married a real jerk. I wouldn't bang him so he doesn't let me come around. What's with Floyd? How's that cutie?
1: He's dead, Susie. Her face lost its life.
2: You certainly don't waste any time working up to that. How?
1: We were responding to a domestic and Floyd got shot trying to rescue some kids. I was on the same call. He didn't make it.
2: So he ended up a hero after all. He was a nice guy. He started considering his social position and brushed me off. I don't blame him. My reputation wasn't exactly solid gold.
1: He mentioned you before he died. Did he? He called you Pixie. For a long moment, she looked puzzled.
2: Mm. Oh, that. You know, I'd forgotten about that. In the fourth grade, we had we had a teacher who stuck me in a play as Pixie. And Floyd, he was Peter Pan. He called me Pixie for quite a while after that. We had some pretty good times. I'm sorry about Floyd.
1: A girl named Trixie told me about a class play in the name of the fourth grade teacher, Miss Davis. So I found Miss Davis. She went blind quite a while ago and... For
2: God's sake, Hunter. I mean, really?
1: She identified you... I went out and saw your sister. I came here hunting for you. The way your sister spoke about you, when I couldn't find you, I tried the police. They told me the name you used. After that, it was easy.
2: Police, huh? They gave you all the body details?
1: They told me a few things, not much.
2: But enough so that you walked in here, you acted like you were inspecting a leper colony. What the hell did you expect to find? A room full of mirrors? A turnstile? Don't get all angry. So what the hell was this? A sentimental journey to dig up poor little old me?
1: I don't give a damn what you are or what you do. Floyd asked me to find you.
2: Floyd. Floyd was a bright spot in my life back in Leebrook. Back when I wanted to lick the world with my bare hands. You don't fit. Somehow. You're between lives, aren't you? This is a temporary stop on the way someplace else. And maybe you're as restless as I am. You know, Hunter James, I think we're both due for some kind of a change. Like what? Like more than a new town. I don't know. Just restless. You said this wasn't exactly a sentimental journey. What is it?
1: There's something else involved.
2: Mystery. Hey, what's with you?
1: How do you mean?
2: Well, what do you do? Are you married?
1: Don't see that's any of your business.
2: You're not the type. I could be. Now what's the mystery?
1: Floyd hid something before he left LaBrook. Not very minutes before he died, Floyd said Pixie would know.
2: You came all the way here looking for Pixie. Floyd hid something nice then, like money?
1: If you can help me, I'll give you some of the money. How much? It depends on how much he hid.
2: You admitted too fast that it was money, Hunter.
1: You're not that type.
2: Why does every jerk you meet try to tell you what type you are?
1: You're no different. You told me what you think I am. Guess it's a popular pastime.
2: Well, now I've got a big disappointment for you. I wouldn't have any idea where he hid something.
1: Are you sure?
2: I know what you're thinking. You're thinking I do know and I won't tell you. Honestly, Hunter, I don't know. I can't think what he could have meant.
1: I believed her. She pulled one leg up and locked her hands around her knee.
2: You want to you hear about Floyd and me? The sad story?
1: If you want to tell it.
2: I've never told anybody. Maybe it's time. He was the biggest boy in class. We never had anything to do with each other until after that skit. We got to be friends. It wasn't a girlfriend-boyfriend thing. More like a couple of boys. I was pretty much a tomboy, believe me. I could run like the wind, and I could fight with my fist. I turned 15 before I was out of the 8th grade. I was older than the other kids, and Floyd was what well, was 13. I didn't want Floyd to come out to the house. I was so ashamed of where I lived. I never wanted any of the kids to see how and where I lived. My God, we lived like animals. It wasn't, it wasn't so bad until my mother died, but from then on it was pretty bad. You saw the place. I saw it. Yeah, the old man kept pretty well soaked in his vino. My brother was completely no good. And my sister slept with anybody who took the trouble to ask her. We lived in filth. We were on the county relief rolls. The do-gooders brought us food and clothing at Thanksgiving, and Christmas. I was as proud as hell inside. I I couldn't see any way out. The best I could do was to keep myself clean as a button and not let any of the kids come out there. Floyd came out there. And nearly killed me. And then I saw it didn't mean too much to him. That's the way things were with him. He was, he was my friend. He had his dreams, too. We... We talked
1: about our dreams. She had a soft smile on her face.
2: When school was out the summer after eighth grade, he came out on his bike a lot. We'd go to the movies. We used to swim in the river. He got a hold of a broken down boy's bike for me. He fixed it up, and I painted it. Then we could get around better. When it happened to us, it was sudden. It was in late August. I'd gotten a job in the dime store by lying about my age and filling out the forms wrong. I was squirreling the money away. I spent Sundays with Floyd. His brother and his father didn't like him to see me, but we managed it. We would do picnics. One hot Sunday afternoon, we went off on a picnic. We went a long way into the country, 15 miles, I guess. We walked the bikes up a trail. We found a place under trees where it was like a park. It was far away from anybody. We could have been alone in the world. Maybe we were. We ate and and then we stretched out and talked about how high school would be when it started back up in September. We were in the shade. He went he went to sleep, and I watched him while he was sleeping, the way his eyelashes were, and the way he looked like a little kid when he slept. I felt a big warmth inside of me. It was a it was a new way to feel towards him. And well when I, I couldn't stand it any longer, I slipped my arm under his neck and half lay across him and, and I kissed him. He woke up with me kissing him. <laughs> he was funny. He was half kind of scared and sort of half eager at the same time. I had a pretty liberal education, as you can well imagine. I guess it was pretty sad. Two kids being as awkward and fumbling as you can possibly imagine. There on that hill in the shade. But, awkward as we were, it happened. We hardly talked at all on the way back. I knew enough to be damn scared about getting pregnant. From then on, we were more careful. It got to be something we did whenever we had a chance. It got better and better for us. But we weren't friends the way we were before. Sometimes we seemed almost to be enemies. We tried to hurt each other. It was a strong hunger. We found good places to go. It lasted in secret. We never talked about marriage or things like that. There there was one place we would go. We'd take one of the boats and...
1: She stopped abruptly. We looked into each other's eyes. Now you know where he meant.
2: I... I think I do. Where? I i don't think we can handle it that way. You would never find it. How do you mean? I think we better go together, don't you?
1: There's nothing there to keep you from going by yourself, Susie.
2: I know that. Would you believe me if I told you I won't?
1: In spite of the money hunger?
2: I would be honest with a thing like this. I would. Believe me. How much is there?
1: I waited several moments, measuring her and the situation. I couldn't get to it without her. Floyd said more than 600000
2: How could Floyd get a hold of money like that?
1: He did all the bookwork for the four companies he and his brother own. He took over two years milking that much in cash out of the four companies.
2: Why would he do that to Leon? This doesn't sound like Floyd.
1: At the time, he planned to run off with Lizette.
2: That thing Leon married? That pig? I knew her.
1: Where is she? She went off with another man years ago. Maybe she took the money with her. Floyd said she didn't know where he buried it. He said you would know.
2: She'd not be able to find it. I can guarantee that. So, this is Leon's money then, isn't it?
1: Yes, it is.
2: But it was already stolen. That's right. And nobody knows about it. Leon doesn't suspect. Nobody knows about it but you and me, Hunter.
1: There's another one who knows about it. A man named Oren Stuckey. He doesn't know about you. He's smart. He may figure it out and be able to trace the name to you. What's he like? He's smart and he's vicious.
2: So are a lot of my friends.
1: I don't think they're like Stucky. If it's a quiet place, he would put you in the same hole he dug the money out of and walk away. Like that? Like that. I think there's something wrong in his head.
2: Can we trust each other, Hunter?
1: I think we can. How
2: about you, Hunter? why are you after the money? To find it. And then all of a sudden it's going to be some kind of an answer to everything? Maybe. What fouled you up, Hunter? What broke your wagon?
1: What makes you think I'm fouled up?
2: Well, I can figure people out pretty well. When you live like I do, it's a good skill to have. I can't quite place you. You look like one type, you know. Played ball in school, an All-American. You said you were a cop with Floyd and you look like a married man working up to a ranch type house, a sensible wardrobe and someday winter vacations in Bermuda after the kids are in college. You look like that all except your eyes and the eyes don't look like that at all.
1: What do my eyes look like?
2: Like the eyes on the horse that knows they're going to be shot because he was clumsy and busted his leg. You'd feel better if we'd stayed together until we get it, wouldn't you?
1: I guess I would, but it isn't essential.
2: Oh, your faith is touching. Didn't the police give you the word?
1: They said something about the Badger game. Yeah, well,
2: they couldn't convict because of how it was set up. But it wasn't a case of fleecing the innocent. It was pulled on some citizens who were trying to make a dishonest buck. I get a cut of the take. I love acting. You should see me tremble and faint. Will you trust me out of your sight?
1: I'll have to, won't I?
2: I guess that's it. You'll have to. I have some errands. I'm going places where you can't go. You can wait here or you can meet me there. It's going to take three or four hours. By then it's going to be too late to get the money today. We can go after it tomorrow morning.
1: She walked toward me with her red lips curving into a smile. She got real close and put her arms on my shoulders.
2: Maybe we don't divide it up, Hunter. Maybe we won't squirrel it away. It's free money. Maybe we'll just put it in the pot and spend it as we need until it's all gone. Maybe we'll see how far we can distribute it. We could spread it from Alcapoco to Paris. Then maybe we won't be restless anymore. It would buy some drinks to Floyd in some nice places.
1: I'm not that attracted to you. Her smile faded, and she stepped away.
2: Oh, I know you're not. I'm not that attracted to you. I like richer-looking men. Maybe to you, I'm like they say, damaged goods.
1: Not visibly.
2: It was just an idea.
1: She stood there sizing me up. She must have reached a decision. I'll meet you here.
2: At 5.30.
1: I left. I wondered if I was being a fool. I wondered by what magic she had hypnotized me into trusting her. I could imagine her digging up the money. Once she had it, there was nothing I could do. I wondered if my trust had been based on some inner unwillingness to actually take the money. Maybe subconsciously I wanted the moral problem off my hands. She wasn't back at 5.30. I waited in the lobby. I was sweating. She came in at a quarter to six. She looked pale and upset. We rode up in the elevator together. She gave me the key to open her door. Her fingers were cold. She kept biting her lip. Once we were inside, she began to pace. What's the matter?
2: Shut up. Let me think. Go make some drinks. Scotch on the rocks for me.
1: I made the drinks. After hers was gone, she seemed a little quieter, more thoughtful.
2: My errands didn't work out the way I expected. I got to the bank okay. Okay. Some people seem to have the idea that I belong to the house. I couldn't get all the funds in, shall we say, safekeeping. I made, I made the mistake of saying I was thinking about taking off. They gave me some strong arguments. I made like I changed my mind. The hell with them. Now I know I've got to get out of here. Will you help? I guess so. I'm leaving for good. You drive over here Thursday morning. There's a back way out of here through the cellar. Park on the parallel street back of here. Be there at ten sharp in the morning. Damn it. I hate to leave so much stuff behind. A whole wardrobe. I don't like being patted on the shoulder and being given a big toothy grin and being told, There, there, little Susie, you don't want to leave town. We all love you too much. They might get rough.
1: I could stay here until after dark, and you could pack things, and I could take them out, maybe. A couple of suitcases? You sure you want to? I'm willing to. If somebody followed you, they don't know I'm here now. You could leave before I do. They'd follow you. Then I can take the stuff out to my car.
2: All right. I think it would be better than trying to get the stuff out in the morning, even with your help.
1: She spent a lot of time packing. She filled two big suitcases. They were bulged and they were heavy. She seemed to relax then.
2: You don't know how much I appreciate this. I'll make it up to you.
1: She wanted to be kissed and I kissed her. There was an eagerness and warmth and sensuality about her that made it a shock to touch her and hold her. She smiled and pushed me away. For now. I took the suitcases into the hall. She went on down. I waited there for 15 minutes, then I went down. I put the suitcases in the back seat and drove to LeBrook.
0: Thank you for listening to Seamus. If you liked this episode of Seamus, please leave a review and tell your friends. Seamus, The Case of the Mason Jar, Part 9, An Interview with Pixie, is based on the book A Bullet for Cinderella by John MacDonald. Hunter James was played by Tom Hinton. Susie Haver was played by Marsha Taylor. I'm Leslie Woodrow. This episode of Seamus was written by Max Reese and directed by Tom Hinton. Seamus is a New Meadows Media Production. All rights reserved.